Okay, shalom everybody. We're continuing with this discourse in the Kutah Lachot on, um, on Lesson 24. Before anything, it's, this class has been dedicated for the Shut of the Chassan Bar Mitzvah, Moshe Tzvi HaKohen Ben Chayatova, and for his mother, Chayatova Bat Esther Rus, in the Shut of Rabbi Nachman Ben Fege, Rabbi Nachman's Rosh Hashanah, we're in Uman Rosh Hashanah, and the Shut of Rav Nosen, whose holy words we're reading, they should have major Yeshuot and Naches from the Chatan Bar Mitzvah, and the mother Chayatova Bat Esther Rus have Yiddish and Naches Bezat Hashem. Where we're holding now, Rav Nosin, just to recap, he's going into the makeup of the Jewish people. To do that, he had to go back to the functioning of the three sex- sections of the Jewish people, the Kohen, Levi, so and the Beit HaMikdash, because that's where the difference sticks out. The main difference sticks out of the Kohen, Levi, Israel is in their function in the Beit HaMikdash, because when Mashiach eventually comes, again, we will have function- service in the third Beit HaMikdash, Kohanim, Leviim, okay, Israel. And what's amazing, because of this functioning, this also determines the laws of intermarriage within these three being valid. In other words, anyone out of these three, there is a defect in the continuity of the Jewish people. Now, it matters where the roots of the parents are from these three categories in order to properly produce a child who will promote the knowledge and awareness of, of Hashem but in this format that he says in this lesson that a Jew can reach the infinite light because that's really the ultimate goal the ultimate goal of Hashem in creating this world is that while in a finite limited existence we can connect to the infinite light which is a contradiction, does it make sense? that finite, finite is limited infinite is, is infinite it's two opposites and yet Rabbeinu says in this lesson that if you do the proper formula of simcha and doing mitzvot, you can reach up and up and up and up and to tap in to perceptions of the infinite light even while in a physical existence. Even though it's a contradiction, it still works out in the most amazing way. So Vnosin is continuing with what he mentioned in the previous paragraph and he's going to go back to the idea of the husband, the wife, their roles, and the child produced. So he says like this, Vnosin, paragraph four, we're in Hechot Ishut, okay, the laws of marriage, discourse number four, paragraph four. Valken Kohanim, Leviim, Beisraelim, Klulim, Umukshalim, Zebazeh. Therefore, Kohanim, Leviim, and Israelim, the three categories of the Jewish people, they are interconnected, they're interrelated, they are included into one another and attached to one another. Each one needs the other, the Kohanim for sure need the Levi and Israel, even on a simple level. In the time of the Beit HaMikdash, the Kohanim, they didn't work. So they depended on the Truma and the Maaser that they get from the Levim and the Israelim. The Levim are dependent on their, their work, their Levi, their Lavot. Their, their, their work is to help the Kohen in his work in the Beit HaMikdash. And also the Levites, they need the Israelim to give their, 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 their also their Maaser. There's Maaser Levi, right? And the Israelim, they need to who to bring the korbanot, the one who was actually offering the sacrifice to do the kapara. That's the avodah of the kohen with the levi helping, assisting the kohen. Okay, kidaika alidei shloshtam nishlam chevel akdusha vezochin lasagat orot hanizkarim leel vechanizkar leel. Rav Nosson is taking this now into perspective of what we spoke about. He says because specifically through the combination of these three, 
where we said the Kohen is like the idea of the hands, which is getting the brachot. After a Jew is able to do mitzvot b'simcha, he reaches the levels of the hands, which now are able to draw down blessing. But it's up to you to draw down what's called b'katasecha, blessing of intellect. You can, you can ask for parnasa and health and children, but that's stupid. Go aim for the real gold. Be smart. Aim for the sechel, the intellect of knowing Hashem, which has in it anyways automatically children, parnasa. Be smart. Aim high, okay? That's the idea of the hands. That itself, we said, represents the idea of the Kohen, because the Kohen, he blesses the Jewish people. He's the one doing the korbanot, which means to draw close the Jewish people to Hashem, to draw the, the nearness. And his power is in blessing the Jewish people. That's the Kohen. The levy, we said, is the idea of a constriction, a bounce. That's what levy does. He's able to limit the idea of shaping the, the, the bounty coming down thanks to the Kohen. The levy is able now to make it that it doesn't overdo it. There's no, like, what's it called in English? Overpowering. There's a better word. Overload. Overload. Thank you. There's no overload in, in, in having tapping into too much light. That's the idea of the levy, which was done by the the nigunim, the songs that they sing in the Beit HaMikdash, they played the instruments they played, that the music shapes, it creates a, a shape, a limitation in a sense. And the Yisrael are the ones who are busy doing the mitzvot besimcha. That's what's being elevated. The Kohanim Levim take what's being elevated and they now push it upwards, that's the Kohen, and the Levi keeps it down, limited, so it doesn't go too high. But the Yisrael are the, are the ones, Rav Nosson said earlier, who are the ones doing the mitzvot besimcha, essentially the Torah that was being learned by the Ma'amad, of the, the Israelim who were representing the whole Jewish nation. At the time of the Korbanot, we said, they read paragraphs of the Chumash, of the Torah, while the Korban was being offered, okay? So he said, Rav Nosson is reminding us, through specifically all three, you need all three, which is, he calls the rope, a chevel is a rope, a, a triple corded rope, a triple cord of holiness, through specifically this combination of these three categories, Kohen, Levi, Israel, and what they represent, can one merit contemplation of the lights that we explain? The lights being the light of the infinite light. And as he mentioned, he says, mentioned above, and as mentioned above, we went into this already, how this works. Valken, so now at this point, Rav now goes back into the idea of marriage. Valken, Kohanim, Ulviim, Veisraelim, Mutarim, Lavo, Zebazeh. Therefore, according to law, a Kohen is allowed to marry a woman who's a Levite or Israel. A Levite is allowed to marry a woman who's a Kohenet or Israel. A Israel is allowed to marry a woman who's a Kohenet or Levi, okay? They can intermarry. They're allowed to intermarry with one another. Kichibor, now he goes into the idea of intimacy of husband and wife, which is amazing what Ramosin says here. Because when you understand this, you have a better picture of the role of marriage. It's not just like animals living together or going living together. There's a purpose here and there's a meaning. Uh, Rav Nossin once, he said, if I would have wanted to speak about what goes on between husband and wife, I would have had to double the Kutalachot, <laughs> 16 volumes. He didn't do that because it seems, this is my, my interpretation, you can knock it off if you want. He, it seems that Rav Nossin says, as much as you write about Shalom Bayit and marriage, only a person who goes through the roller, roller coaster experience themselves can they learn from experience, how, how Shalom Bayit eventually gets to the right address, Vizat Hashem. But, and also that person has to rely on davening as the main key, Vizat Hashem. Nonetheless, where Rav Nassim does talk about it, 
she gives us some at least some perspective of how marriage should be. What's the idea here? So he says now, Rav Nosan, look, listen carefully. The connection, the joining, the holy joining of a man and woman, Shehu Beshosho Bechinat Klaliyut Haredifa Vameakev Lhasig Or Ein Sof Kaniskalel. Amazing. What is the idea of the holy relationship between husband and a man and woman? In its root, it's meant to unify, joining the running that we said that a person's the tendency of the sechah of an intellect, which is represented by man, because man's main essence, at least a Jewish man, is sechah, is Torah study, yediyah, learning, understanding, connecting to Hashem. That's man's role mainly, okay? And he's always on the run. The man doesn't stop. He's always looking to better understand his, his, who he is, to better perceive Hashem, to, to learn more about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His ways. That's the way Hashem made man. Okay? And that's the redifa. And the me'akev, we said, is the opposite. It's now the opposite of going up. It's, wait, 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 too much, too much, stop, stop, stop. That is the feminine principle. I once saw in a Ravari Kaplan book, Ravari Kaplan has a book called Made in Heaven which is like a guide on, on marriage. People should read this book. It's really sad that people don't know so much about this book. It's one of the most amazing books on Jewish marriage. So he says something amazing. He says, and, and we're going to be a bit open here because we have to be open to explain these ideas. The, in halacha, there's the ideal positioning of husband and wife when doing the mitzvah is that the husband is facing downwards and the wife upwards. Why is that? It's amazing. It fits in perfectly with here. The tendency of a man is always to look up, 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 up. Here, in order to procreate, we turn the man down now. His face is facing down to accept the ma'akev. The woman is the ma'akev. She, she's normally pushing down. Here to procreate, we make that the man is not facing upwards because we want procreation to take place of a child who will have the ability to connect to the infinite light, but that requires what? Being able to go up and to bounce down. To do that... We have to have a demand, the male principle. He's already accepting the ma'akev, the, the, what's it called, the boundary. And he's not turning upwards. He's not facing up, which is towards heaven, upwards. He's turning down, face down, to show that I'm accepting the ma'akev. And now the woman seeing that the husband is accepting the ma'akev, so the ma'akev now enhances. She's facing upwards, because now the ma'akev, which is the boundary in the woman principle, is now facing towards us. It's phenomenal, this idea. That's what Rosen is saying here. This secret is what brings forth a Jewish child who will have the ability to learn Torah and, and advance. But when it comes time to perceive or Sof, to have the ability to stop, to bounce back, to accept it, and build, like we said in the lesson, the nine chambers to perceive the infinite light while in physical existence. Amazing. Okay, that's the, how our captain in that book explains. Quoting sources, obviously. This is, this is the Torah idea. Okay? So back into this. Um, and all this, we said, happens only through joy of holiness. Rav Nosen, it's amazing, he didn't say simchat mitzvot. Like Rav Nachman's language in the lesson is simchat mitzvah. Rav Nosen here changed the wording. This a person merits simchat of holiness. Okay? Why is he saying this? He mentioned earlier 
that there's an Inyan to bring joy at a wedding. It's such a big thing, what's called Mesameach Hatan Vekala. It's a big mitzvah, by the way. It's a big mitzvah to help a person to raise enough money, I guess, to make a wedding to the extent that it brings happiness to the Chatan Vekala. In other words, this is an example. Sometimes you have a Chatan Kala, they want a certain standard of a wedding hall. And the parents say, we're too poor, we don't have it, we have to give you some schleppy little wedding hall. So the, it ends up that the Chatan Kala weren't, weren't happy so much because they didn't get what, was, what, was, what would make them feel a bit of happiness. In these cases, yes, it's necessary <coughs> to do the mitzvah of kala to the extent that would match what the Chatan Kala are requiring and wanting to have a, a proper wedding so that they can be happy. Because the goal of the wedding is not, okay, I did my job. The parents say, I did my job. I got my child married. Now what happens? You know, it's not my problem. And how it is, take her to leave it. The goal of the chasana is to make sure that the chata and kala are happy about it. That they feel good about it. Not, oh, well, I'm doing it because my parents, you know, that's what they gave me. And that's all I have. And that's in, uh, but really, I would, I would have wished that it would be like this, like that. Simchat chatan de kala is to, meet, to make the chatan and kala feel good. Not the in-laws and not the parents. But the Chatan and Kala should feel the Simcha Bezitashem. That's the goal here, okay? So he, he brought this down earlier of Nosin to show that Chatan Kala, where the ultimate goal is procreation, the, the starting point of marriage is Simcha. The starting point of marriage is that the wedding already, where the, where the beginning of the union through the Chupan, Kiddushin, etc., it takes place in a very, very happy atmosphere. And the Chazal, the, the sages of the Gemara, they speak so strong of how it's such a big thing to make the Chatan Kala happy because this, their whole future to succeed in bringing children into the world properly is dependent that the Simcha is there initially, that there is a major Simcha to begin in, okay? And Rabbi Nassim also brought earlier what Rabbi Nachman said, quoting the Gemara, that if a person, a man, sees that he doesn't, he's not, his wife is not getting pregnant, kids are not coming into the world, what should he do? He should misamech et ishto, the man should make his wife happy before the actual, the actual mitzvah, the actual procedure, right? So why all this? Because this is the thing. Rabbi Nachman is teaching us. You want to perceive God. You want to have connection to infinite light, which means on a practical term. Practical term, really down to earth now. When you're going through your daily living, and daily living for the average person is a bit miserable. It's hard. To do this, do that, and you're uncomfortable. You're doing things where ideally you would not want to do, but you have to do it. It's your obligations. I have to pick up my kids from school. I have to do the shopping. I have to clean the floor. I have to do these things. I have to, do all, to go to work. I have to not worry about how to pay the rent and how to do this and all that. And things you have to do, and you're doing them, but not out of simcha. You're doing them because it's a, it's a, it's a burden and has to be done. And in this sense, there's not necessarily simcha in my life. What or and sof is meant to do, when we say now, this lesson, it's high terms. He speaks high terms with Nachman, that the goal of a Jew is tap into the or and sof. What does that mean? That means that I'm able, once I've tapped into the or and sof, I'm able to be happy and feel good and contentment in my life in any situation Hashem throws me into, since it's connected to the Orient Sof, I'm just laughing at the situation. I'm happy about the situation. I don't break and crash because of the situation. That's the goal. We admit we're not there yet. But this is what he's mean. This is the practical interpretation of Naulah Sig Orient Sof. 
is that you're shining the infinite light, which is infinite levels of compassion, infinite levels of love, Hashem's love. You're able to shine it in your limited existence with your limited situations, which are not comfortable. You don't feel good about it. You're doing it because you have to do it. And you got used to doing it. After 20 years, taking your kids to school or going to work, you get used to it. But it's, it's not something which is so uplifting. You can't be so happy to go downtown to Manhattan to work and you're just so happy about it. People are serious. You see in the, in the, in the, in the material world, when you go shopping and malls and everything, no one is really happy. People are in a serious face. If they're smiling, it's just, can I help you? They want your money, obviously. It's not a real, a real joy. The goal is to be able to have such a light of orient self in your life that in any situation you're thrown into, you see Hashem in that situation clearly, clearly. And it's, and it's governing the situation. Not that you have to look for it. It's governing the situation. That's, that's, what he, that's the goal. That's what he's basically getting to us, that we need this orient self to shine into our life. That's what marriage is for. That's what procreation is for. To bring forth a children, a child, children, who will have the ability to tap into this infinite light so that they can promote Hashem's awareness in their lives. And also, like we said many times from the lesson, it's, 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 it's contagious. It spreads. If you yourself are happy in your existence and it's showing itself, you see the infinite light in everything you're doing, it spreads to other people. Like Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nachman says in the prayer, and Rabbi Nachman in the lesson, that this has influence to wake up the whole creation back to Hashem, not just you. You're doing it for your personal interest to connect to Hashem, and it's contagious and has a, an, a side effect that affects and influences your surrounding also, Bezat Hashem. That's what, that's, the, that's what he said in the lesson, okay? Fine. He went into this in, pre, in the previous paragraph, number three. says, This itself, Chatan, Kala, man, woman, procreation, watch. What takes place in a Jewish home, a father, a mother, and child, is already parallel the whole Jewish nation of the Kohen, Levi, and Israel. Amazing. Let's see this. Huh? <laughs> Let's see. Let us see, please. Here, let's go into this. Okay? Here he goes, Avnosin. It's amazing how Avnosin is able to do this, to connect all these things which the Chorah so far. Okay, like we said already. The Kohen, like the male principle, okay? is the idea of the running of the intellect to pursue, to, to perceive the infinite light. Which, like Rabbi Nachman said in the lesson, is the idea that a person is after the blessings of intellect. Because the blessings is in the hands. And I want to draw down and the redifa, the ability to pursue, shows that the pursue intellect shows that there's already a, a bracha, a blessing intellect. The fact is the person is pursuing He's advancing in his intellectual pursuit of, of, of connecting to Hashem. Fine. That's like, the, that's like the father, the man. And like we said, the levi represents the bounce, the, the, the wall, the obstacle, the boundary. Fine. That's like the woman. Okay. He's just re- re- revising what he mentioned earlier in the Israel. His idea of the joy in Torah and Mitzvah, like we mentioned earlier, that the Israeli were the ones reading the Ma'amadot, which is Simchat, learning Torah. 
והכל נכלל יחד בשעת העבודה. He's reviewing the idea of the Avodah first. Everything is unified at the time of the service in the Beit HaMikdash, like we said. Okay, they're all three Kohen Devi, so we're all functioning together in the service in the Beit HaMikdash. That through this, Shali Deze, Nimshach Hasagat Haor Ein Sof, Shemisham Holadot HaMochim. That from this Avodah, this service, which requires Kohen living in Israel, this is what drew to the world in general when there's a Beit HaMikdash. He's telling us from us the functioning of the Beit HaMikdash was to bring to the world on a general level the perception of the infinite light. That was the idea of having a Beit HaMikdash. If you think about it, that's amazing. When you think about it, why did we need a Beit HaMikdash? Why do we need a Beit HaMikdash? Why can't any Jew, wherever they're in the world, just connect to God? Why is it necessary to have a place fixed in this world that from there is like the beacon it's like the, 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 the router, the router, how do you say, the, 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 the monitor base, the, 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 the main base where everything else comes out from, the computer database, I don't know how you want to say it, whatever. The server, the server thank you. Why, why is that needed? Because Hashem's interest is to bring down into this world the infinite light on a, like on a general level. So there was a place in this world, in this physical world, which was able to access, to draw down, the infinite light, through the combination of the work of the Kohen, the Levi, and the Yisrael. He still didn't yet go into the marriage yet, okay? Just recapping Rav Nosen, again, so you have it clear what Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael did. That from there is born the intellect. When... The birth of the intellect comes from the perceiving of the Orient Sof. Like we said, you need that combination to bring forth a child because he should have the ability to connect to the Orient Sof. To do that, already uh, there has to be this experience in the production, the, the, the conception of the child. This has to be already taking place, uh, 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 already a scenario of tapping into the Orient Sof. That's already the husband and the wife. Let's, let's see how it goes into this. For this reason, the valad, the child, goes after the male, the masculine. We said this already in the previous class. Because even though we're talking about a kosher marriage now, a valid marriage, the child goes after the father. What that means, if the father is a Kohen, the child is automatically a Kohen. Father's a Levi, Levi, Yisrael, Yisrael. He says, even though a woman, like we said, she's very high. The woman represents the fear of Hashem. She's very high in her source, which is what? The, the root of the woman is the Keter, the boundary, which has the beyond, beyond it the infinite light. In other words, the man is idea of Chokhmah. The woman is idea of Bina. Bina normally is under Chokhmah, okay? She is subordinate in the sense. But her ability to cause a constriction in order that Chokhmah shouldn't advance, the man shouldn't go far, further up, her ability to do that comes from a level even higher than the, the masculine principle of Chokhmah. That's the idea of this Keter. He said this earlier in the previous paragraph, okay? So we're also saying, even though the woman and a kosher woman in a, in a Jewish marriage, a normal Jewish marriage, is, she's called the Isha, is, is quoting from Eshet Chayel. Isha Yerat Hashem Hititalam. So even though Isha Yerat Hashem the woman who fears Hashem and the fear is the idea of Din, rooted in Keter, way up, 
even though in her root she's very, very high, because she's drawn from the Keter, which is also above the male. So you would think that a man should be subordinate to his wife, since her root is above him. You hear this? Unbelievable. Her root is above him. She's rooted in Keter. He's Chokhmah. He's running after to pursue. So his idea of the Chokhmah. She's rooted in a root higher above him. Like the verse reads in Mishle. Eshet Chayil Ateret Ba'ala. It's another verse in, in, in Mishle, right? Eshet Chayil, a woman of valor, Chayil. Okay? She's the crown of her husband. So in our, in our interpretation, the woman of the Chayil, Eshet Chayil, she's the crown, she's the Keter over her husband. Kandis he mentioned this earlier of Nosin. So, Lichora, the woman should be above the man. Okay? Afal Pichen. Nonetheless, the main idea of procreation, of birth, is giving birth to mochim, which is to reveal the awareness of Hashem's godliness into the world. And that already is totally masculine, because the keter is not revealing. The keter is a boundary, it's a stopping. Chokhmah is where revelations begin to take place. It's, it's understanding per, to, to, to perceive and then to have this knowledge absorbed and brought down and revealed to the world. That's not happening with the woman. That's not happening with the keter, her root. That's happening with the man's pursuit of wisdom. Since that's the ikar, technically she's above him, but because the goal of, cre- of, of creation is to reproduce awareness of God that automatically is on the side of the man. That's masculine already. Okay? This is drawn specifically from the male. That's his role. The male's role is more revealed. The woman is hidden. Fine, you tell me, fine and dandy. The woman, her, her root is higher than the man, but that's hidden. But I'm sorry, this world is a revealed world. This is a world of action. This is a world where we have to do things, okay? We put on tefillin, we keep Shabbat, we do mitzvot. We don't meditate and, and oh, I did this, this Bechina. We're not holding at that level. We're not holding at the level of Yaakov Avinu putting on tefillin by peeling the, the, the kiluf of the, of the branches. That's a high level. We're not, we're not at that. That's a big, deep thing, by the way. We're not going to go into that. I'm sorry, I touched upon it. But the idea that the Torah is on the earth. You have these people, yeah, I, medit- I meditate about the tefillin. That's how I put on tefillin. I know a guy, Shemrachim. He feels that to in the prayer service is a limitation. So what he does every morning, he puts on his tefillin, and he just meditates. He doesn't do Krat he doesn't do Shmones. Yeah? He meditates, fine and dandy, but I'm sorry. Halacha, the idea of Torah law, is to ground the person, to bring it down to the world. Tefillin, tefillah, the mitzvah that were given by the sages, is designed in a beautiful fashion, that this is the best, best way in the entire creation to make Hashem known in the world. That's the way. It's the mitzvot. But in order to do mitzvot, you have to learn Torah to know how to do the mitzvot. <laughs> the whole goal, by the way, of the whole Torah, ultimately, every level, that means pshat, remez, drash, sor, that means midrash, zohar, kabbalah, okay? Uh, mishnah, gemara. The whole goal, everything is practical halacha. Okay, what do I do with this now? I took all these ideas. Tachlis, what do I do? That's the goal. How do I conduct based on this? The tzedakah, the mitzvot, the tefillin, the shabbat. That, that's what the goal of everything. Uh, even as far-reaching, likutei and chasiyut and everything. 
bottom line, it's not meant to deter from practical application of the Torah. It's supposed to enhance it, if anything. Not the opposite. Not to take now all these ideas and to go off floating on the mountains and Himalayas and take these ideas and go off somewhere else. That's not, that's not the Torah here. It's to reveal it. So going back to what we're saying, that's what the male's capability is. The male capability is to take the Da'at of Hashem and bring it down to the world, which means practical application of how to apply serving Hashem and revealing Hashem through this practical application. The woman, she's more hidden. She has a higher Torah. She's from the Keter. Fine. Bravo. But it doesn't help for the revelation of God on a revealed level, which is what counts. You have all these people who talk mystical and everything. They're sick-minded, unfortunately, that they're, they're like that. That's not what Hashem wants in this creation. You have men and people who uh, push forward a feminine attitude. I'm going a bit d- deeper a little. A feminine attitude of the Keter, of the woman. That's why, unfortunately, if you want to say the pushing of women's lib and everything is so extending, you know, the ladies first. I always laugh when you go to these, um, these hospitals in Israel and they have all the patrons. So they write the woman's name first, you know, Shirley and Doug, so-and-so, uh, uh, Michelle and David. They put, <laughs> everyone is the, is the society of putting the woman first shows that they're not aiming to promote Da'at of Hashem in the world, because that's the masculine side. The woman aspect of hidden and Keter, it's just a distortion. It's not doing the job of revealing Hashem. It's a me'akev. It's any, if anything, it's a prevention. It's a stop. It's a, it's, a, it's a limitation, but that's not the goal. The goal is to have properly revealed Hashem's wisdom into the world. That's mask, that's the male. That's how Hashem designed it. You want to switch that, that's not the purpose of the creation. The purpose of the creation is holada, to promote the mochin, intellect to, to, to better reveal Hashem into the world. Let's go inside. He still didn't answer this question about Kohen, Levi, so I'm also waiting to see it coming up as a Hashem. When you learn Likutei Lachot slowly, you begin to dig and you begin to pick up much more things there. It's unbelievable. Okay, again. We said all this. I'm just recapping. Which Paralleling what Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 24 is the idea of pursuing the, the, the intellect, pursuing the infinite light, going forward to perceive. Mentioned above. That's why the child goes after the father and not the mother. All this, all this applies where there's a valid marriage according to Torah law. The Kohen, Levi, and Israel are intermarrying on permissible grounds. Okay, where there's Kiddushin, where there's proper sanctification of, of unity, and there's no Avera, there's no sin in this, in this marriage. An example of Avera is, God forbid, a Kohen who marries a divorcee. That's forbidden. That's not a kosher marriage. Kikishain Avera, is, again, he's going back. When there's no Avera in the marriage, union, Afalpi, Shelav Kol Echad Zuchar, Shikadesh Atzmo, Kol Kach, unbelievable, Rav Nassim. Afalpi, Shelav Kol Echad Zuchar, Shikadesh Atzmo, Kol Kach, even though, right? 
when a person at least he married within the parameters of the Torah, okay? Even though not every person is such a tzaddik and such a servant, servant, servant of Hashem that he can merit to sanctify himself to such an extent that he merits through his married marital union to perceive lights. Because they say about tzaddikim, when the tzaddikim have their marital union, big tzaddikim, they're actually doing major rectifications, okay? Major tikkunim on what they're doing. It's not like it's just a physical relationship of just doing the mitzvah. When tzaddikim have union, it brings down unbelievable things happening in the world. So, but the average Joshmo Jew, who's at that level, so what do you want of him, Misken? He, he followed the Torah, he married a Jewish woman, he had a kosher marriage, kosher woman, but he's not at the level to, to perceive the infinite light. So, Rosan understands us. Uh, there's an oral teaching that Avraham Rabbi Nachman, he, someone complained to him, he said, what can I do? You know, these, these levels Rabbi Nachman talks about mm-hmm. of holiness and Kedusha Tabrit, even in marriage. So Rabbi Nachman, he told the rest of us, he said, just make sure you're within the parameters of halacha, you're okay. If you're within the Shulchan Aruch, you know you're within the Shulchan Aruch, okay? And your conduct's within halacha, then you just be calm. As long as you're within halacha, just that's how you're serving Hashem and be happy about it. Sadiqim, yes, they have these big things, big lights, that when they have a marital union, they're able to do big things in, the, in our context to perceive the infinite light through the marriage. You know, they say, Rabbi Nachman says, for example, when a person is with his wife, he should think, word, think thoughts of Torah. It's not easy for the average person to do that. The man is having his physical enjoyment with his wife, and all of a sudden he has to put into that ideas that he's learning from the Mishnah, from the Midrash, from the Zohar, and come on, you know? And the guy's busy doing what he's doing because he's a human being. What do you want? How, how to do Tate de Sacha, two things that are opposite together. But, it, but he says it's good, it's ideal. Rabbi Nachman is giving us a goal. But if it doesn't work out, so that means I'm Pagum, God forbid, I'm, I, I, I'm blemished. And also, I mean, people have, have kids already. They worry how the child will turn out because I remember how I was with my wife. I didn't sanctify myself so much. Oi, wait, what's going to be with this child? And then when you see deficiency in the child, you begin to have guilt. Oh, you see how I was in, in, at the time of conception. I didn't do the right thing. I, you did the right thing. You were in halacha, yes? Yeah, I was in halacha. I did my best. So what are you crying about? <laughs> what can I do? That's, the, that's not your worry. You did halacha. You did the best. Go on, Viter, not to have uh, guilt. but Because being the Kaddish has it is halacha, but there's levels, there's endless levels. So let's say a person was worried that he did halacha, I mean, his wife was a mother at that time, there wasn't a nida, right? Kosher marriage, all that. But Bashar's Tashmish, he, 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 he wasn't a Kaddish himself. He doesn't, like you said, it was talked to the Sashmish. When, when is it a problem? If he starts halacha, if he thinks about another woman, that's a problem, okay? Yeah. If he's thinking about his wife in a, in a sexual manner, he didn't go against the Tisha Midot. He didn't sanctify himself to degree. But yes, he did sanctify himself to degree that he's thinking about his wife and not about other women. That's considered a Yitkachut. Piskei Chuvot, he brings down something. You see, this, this is an example where if you're learning Halacha books and it knocks you down, then you know that you didn't learn it properly. In Piskei Chuvot, he brings down from one book and it shakes you. He says a person has to very much work out that to sanctify himself when he's with his wife. And then afterwards, because if not, when his children don't turn out 100% kosher, he shouldn't complain. Because look how he was at the time. 
when you read that, okay, it gives a major chanishut adat to the person. You feel so. So if that's the case, I better be a parush. It's better to be prishut to be a person. Parush means a person who is uh, separated and doesn't have relations. A salavit to be a salavit for the rest of my life. That's not the Torah. The Torah is wasn't given to angels with bonus shalom. Meaning what? Every bit that a person is able to sanctify himself, that's considered sanctification. If it means now that yes, I'm focusing on my wife and not other women, even though I may have immoral thoughts about my wife, which you would think, ah, that's not right, that's improper. But still, it's a degree compared to that I didn't think about what's forbidden for me to think, that's considered kachut. And again, it's dependent on the person's level. There's a story about Avram Sternhartz, Avram Sternhartz, when he just got married, okay, he got married at 16 years old, okay? When he got married, okay, it was during the first week of Shabbat and he was sitting with his new wife and his parents of his in-laws. And his father-in-law suffered that for a second he was looking at his wife, his new wife, in like a very, you know, loving way. So his father-in-law father smacked him on the face. He gave him a punch on the face. But why that happened, that's how they were, that's where they were holding. You have to understand. These people, this started off on such amazing footing that that's what's expected of them. But now to take a Baal Tshuva from Maryland or from Texas, I don't know, and he has his past, who he is, and then he starts reaching these levels which are not really where he's holding at, and then afterwards, God forbid, he goes to what he goes to in life and he has a crash, and he can't, has nowhere to fall back onto it, only to go, God forbid, to things which are borderline to his past, and he, if, he, if he does these type of devotions, which are above his level, expect, God forbid, a bad crash. Meaning what? A person has to be 100% honest with himself where he's holding in halacha, in itkachut in, in all these manners. Because we say, do what you're doing at your level. It's a itkachut. You're within the parameters of halacha. And be happy with it. But not to feel guilty. Ah, this didn't work out. This child didn't work out. That's a bad attitude. It's a negative attitude. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. It's, it's clear the message, more or less. Okay. Right? Like we said, even though not every person merits that through his marriage union, he's able to perceive these lights, like big tzaddikim do that. Since, nonetheless, there is no transgression in this marriage unit, it's within the parameters of halacha, everything can be rectified. All the person's blemishes, amazing what he's saying here, read more now. The person's blemishes, if we call that a blemish, that he didn't sanctify himself properly, but he's within the parameters of halacha, Everything can be rectified through the Jewish child born to such a marriage. And in this, he is fulfilling the mitzvot of the Torah. This is already answering the question that the child is Israel. Because, because Israel was Eseka Torah, which is the mitzvah, and now you're bringing forth a child. Through the birth of children from generation to generation is drawn forth the intellect of awareness of Hashem from generation to generation. There's nothing greater than that. That's the whole purpose here. 
עד שיכולים הבנים לזכות להשגת אורות כנזכר להם. Because you are bringing forth children who have in their capacity to connect to this infinite light, this itself rectifies any misconduct within marital union. It's a, there's a beautiful Rav in the Kutal Achot, <coughs> connected also to the wise men of Athens. This lesson 24 is based on the dispute between Rabbi Shobel Hananya and the wise men of Athens. Lesson 24. And parts of the lesson of the story Rabbi Nachman didn't go into. Rav Nosson felt that Rabbi Nachman hinted to him that he should develop them, and he did. Rav Nosson has a beautiful halacha, it's called Chot Shabbat Halacha Vav in the Kuti Halachot. So at the end, Rav Nosson fills in pieces of the story. At one point, he goes into one of the disputes between the wise men of Athens and Rabbi Shemachananya. I'm not going to go into the actual dispute, but the point Rav Nosson brings out is that. They, they, they couldn't understand, the wise men of Athens, how from such a low, debase ta'ava, you know, desire, of sexual desire, can f- come forth tzaddikim. How could such tzaddikim come forth from a debase re- relationship? So he answered, Rav Nosan, what he's saying here, is that any Jew and Jewess, a man and woman, by just having marital union according to halacha, they can bring forth children, he says, they're clearly as great as Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. He says, I remember saying, he says, Don't, do, do you assume that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's parents, Yochai and his wife, and their parents, their parents, as much as they were tzaddikim, we know for sure they're one another tzaddikim, but were they at such a high level to match the child born from them, that they were higher than Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai? No. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai stuck out. Moshe Rabbeinu stuck out. That's the best example. Okay? It's even more so. So that's what Nelson said. They couldn't understand, and that's the mind of the going. How could from such a disgusting lust, which they, that's them. Us, Mimela, we're going. That's our whole life is sexual immorality, immorality, immorality. That's us. That's, that's, our, that's our thing, right? That we continue to exist like that, but you guys have such sadiqim. How could from such a low ta'ava, a low connection, a low activity, come forth such tzaddikim? And the answer is yes. As long as it's done with, for the ultimate purpose of Hashem, that's the, that's the subconscious goal of husband and wife, is that we're getting married to serve Hashem. The Gemara says, right? No man in his right man would marry a woman. <laughs> right, the Gemara. You got to be crazy to marry a woman. Come on. But that's Hashem made it that it works out that a man has to marry a woman, and that's the only way he can serve Hashem is that he marries a woman. That's the only way. To try to be a nomad, it won't work out. The Hashem made it that you have to marry a woman. That's the key, like he's saying here. No man wants the ma'akiv. Every man wants intellect, intellect. Uh, what's the word? Accomplishment. I'm getting somewhere. I finish shas. I finish mishnayot. I finish this. I'm a rabbi. I'm advancing, advancing. Every man wants that. He doesn't want someone to come, okay, put the blocker on, stop. You know, take a guy who's learning and learning and then put him in a, in a room to mop the floor now and everything. You know, it's a killer. What, what are you taking me? I'm in learning Gemara and Poskim and I'm going into this world of Torah and are you taking me to do something, to go shopping and to, to, take, to change a baby's diaper? <laughs> what do I need this for? No one man in his right hand, right, right mind would, would want that. But this is how Shem designed the world, that this is the key. So going back, that Rav Nosson says, any marriage done within parameters of Halacha is already valid enough to bring forth the greatest neshamot, as great as Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, 
okay, and Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Nachman, okay, the parents were tzaddikim, but not at the level of the child born, this can take place, because that's how great this act is. This act, as difficult it is, and Rabbi Nachman goes into why, why is it such a difficult act, you know, it's such a big thing, and requires that a person express his most powerful of desires, the sexual desire, Rabbeinu says, is the hardest, hard, hard, highest and hardest of the three. You have the ta'ava for food, the ta'ava for the lust for money, and lust for sexual desires. Of the three, the hardest one is brit. Prama brit is the hardest one. It's the most difficult one, challenging one. And yet, this is the key to promoting the world. Of everything Hashem designed, you have to go down into this ta'ava, into this lust, in order to bring forth a Jewish child. This, what Nosen says, is the idea that in order for a Jew to go up to highest levels, he must descend into Hechalat Murot, into the exchange chambers. That's the idea of, of how procreation requires that I go open myself to this lust. You have a person, for example, he's trying to sanctify himself, he guards his eyes. You have this especially by these, I see these young men who just got married in Masharim. Okay? It's very hard for them to be with their wives because they're in the mode of sanctifying themselves, getting up at midnight, watching their eyes, not looking at women, trying to maintain a pure attitude. And then comes mikveh night, and they have to now go to an opposite extreme, 180 degrees, to now open up to my lusts and desires in order to do this mitzvah. So he's saying this is the key, because like he says in the lesson, the only way to tap into the infinite light is that a person has to go into the hechalat murot. That is just a reminder, what Rabbi Nachman says in the opening of this lesson, that the wise men of Athens, when they asked Rabbi Shomer Chananya, how does a person tap into the infinite light? So he raised his finger, as if to say, through the hands, through the brikata sechel, to reaching like the level of the of the koanim, which now I reach the level of the hands to draw down the intellect. And they said, "Mi yemar?" Who says? When Rabbi Nachman interprets was "Mi yemar," the word "yemar" is like tumura, exchange. They said, "How do you expect that to happen? Since the only way for this to happen." is if a person goes down first into the exchange chamber, chambers. person has to expose himself to the danger of the klipot in order to reach the, the hands, to, to, in order to reach the infinite light. So how do you expect a person, they asked him, to go to such a high level if he has to put himself in danger by going to the exchange chambers? In our context, how do you expect a person to do the mitzvah of Hashem, to procreate, if it requires that a person go down so low into the ta'avot, it's not fair, it's not right. You know, let, let him say, stay in holiness and holiness, and from there bring forth a child. Why does he have to go all the way to 108 degrees to expose him to the sexual desire? And he said, that's the key. The key is that a person can't say, Shalom alay nafshi, I'm okay, I'm here in Me'asharim, I have everything holy, everything is nice, I'm in Kodesh Kodeshim, as if, right? I mean, I'm in such a holy attitude, the whole world, they can rot, whatever they do, that's their problem, that's their business, but I'm in a holy world. Hashem says, no, in order for you to advance, even you, you have to elevate the holiness that's trapped on the other side. You can't stay this way and let the holiness just rot and, and, and God forbid, be trapped by the evil side. You have an obligation to lift it up. There's many ways how to lift it up. It's not okay so everyone go into discotheques, go into pubs and start doing Kiruvah Chokim and start getting out to the world. We're not saying that. Hashem designed the Torah that that's not needed. But yes, other things are needed to do that. One of them is, the big one is, marital relationship. That's Hashem's main way to get a person to elevate, Rav Nassim says from Hechalat Mort, to get out, is that a person, he, he opens himself up to this 
ta'ava, to this, to this, to this, to this lust, in order to elevate the greatest sparks of holiness, which eventually come forth as a Jewish child. You got that? That's a lot of things there. Okay, so Kyalide Holadata Bani Midor Ledor Nibshachin Hamochin Bichodorador Achekhulin Habanim Liskod Asagat Or Hanis Karim Leyen. So we will continue Bezat Hashem. Just we have the time to absorb this. Bezat Hashem. We should uh, we should be Kayim Zayn. We should be Zochet Tov Zayn.